Welcome, you are listening to Ladies Who Genre, a podcast book club for ladies and not ladies who like to genre now and then. I'm your host, Morgan. And I'm your other host, Noelle. This is not going to be a spoiler-free podcast, so if you haven't read this episode's book, go ahead and pause or just be aware that there are going to be all the spoilers. There's a trigger warning for this book, which is a lot of violence, blood, and gore, and there is, in fact, a lynching in this book that is graphically described. So if that's not your jam, this book is not your jam. Alrighty. So, I mean, do we want to just start getting into how fantastic this book was, in my opinion? I'm surprised. Or you always want to talk about the booze. Why are you not talking about the booze? But but the book. I mean, I love booze. I love booze and books. That should have been the name of the podcast, really. Booze and books, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. See, so this week I have paired the podcast with Prismatic IPA, mostly because I love, I really, really love the way that one of the characters who's never seen magic before in this world sees magic for the first time being done by her best friend. And it's, it's light and magic and color and it, just everything fantastical to her. Uh, that doesn't end well. Spoilers. But I loved her, her awe at seeing magic for the first time in prismatic feels like an excellent way to describe that. I feel like you should work in marketing. Like that was some excellent spin. Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a bloody Mary <laughs> for obvious reasons. <laughs> There's some blood in this book. It's literally called children of blood and bone. Although that doesn't mean what it sounds like. It means it means we're all children of blood and bone. So, but yeah, I, I picked a bloody Mary because yeah, it need, I needed something thick and rich and uh, meaty to work with. And that's, that's, that's fair. although I've got to say like, that sounds delicious. Bloody Mary is my favorite drink. So I'm oh, a yeah. little bit jealous just because that, that sounds fantastic. So this was an extra, extra long book. This was a, was it like 18 yeah, hour it book? Was, it, it was quite a, quite a beefy book. What have you been up to for the last 18 hours worth of reading? Uh, well, I have been working a lot, a lot, a lot. I had a, a very, Robust December is probably the best way I can put that <laughs> with, with my level of, of work I needed to do. So so there was supposed to be a whole bunch of resting that didn't happen, but there was a lot of working, which was fantastic, actually, for listening to this book. Because as it turns out, I can do web production and listen to audiobooks at the same time. So I powered through this book. I think this is maybe the first time I got done before you did. Yeah, I, I kept having to do a lot of editing, which requires me to listen to something else, which cuts into my available time to listen to fantastic audiobooks. But I agree. December was just crazy busy. There's yeah. not much to do. By the way, guys, if you enjoy the editing on this podcast, that is all Morgan. Morgan Aww. is an editing goddess. And if you like it, please go and tell her so because she doesn't get enough love for that. <laughs> if you had to see all the ums that she cuts out to make me look like I know what I'm doing, like girl deserves a medal. I, I actually recently considered specifically cutting not just deleting but cutting and pasting all of our collective ums because it's not it's <laughs> not just noel oh my god i have so many so many times that i will sit there and go uh so hmm. uh what was that guy's <laughs> name uh yeah yeah so she does a really great job of getting this edited and in fact people come tell me all the time how well edited it is and i'm like oh no that is completely morgan oh. so 
Well, this particular book I was great. Was great. Was I, all you yeah. need to say. Like, I'm done. We just told you a story. <laughs> I'm ready for this podcast to be over. Like, just go read this book. It was good. Yeah. The the short story here is we both really, really enjoyed this book. So why don't we why don't we just go ahead and get on into it? Do you want to give us that opening line? Yeah. So there are two opening lines. I'm going to choose to read you the one from chapter one because I think it really embodies the main character, Zaylee. And the opening line is, pick me. It's all I can do not to scream. And that's really who she is. She, She wants it to be her. She wants it to be now. And she's very intense about it at all times about everything in the entire book so this opening line is like this is your character go i really enjoyed this very first chapter that they give us to introduce us to all the various characters and the world and the setting that they're in the town that they're in like it's her in a like fighting training workshop with staves does that sound right yeah 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 but then some guards appear from the the king and they all go into oh shit like panic mode to transform yeah. their little training hut into a like sewing shop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was amazing. <laughs> like the amount of information that is conveyed by this first chapter. Yeah. It tells you that, oh, there's an oppressive overarching government going on. They're overtaxing. Bad cops. Yeah. yeah. Uh, tons of bad cops. Yeah. They're, they're overtaxing their people because it mentions the taxes have been raised and just like, but you just, you, you just raised them the month before and the month before that. Yeah. They're giving you so much information and the way that they clearly don't want the guards to know that they are training fighting. And they're taxing people based on who they are, like what class of people they are mm-hmm. is the worst part about this. You get taxed for being a Magi, basically. So yeah. It's a problem. Yeah. I just really, really enjoyed the introduction to this world. Yeah. And I feel like if there if there was a way for me to put the first chapter online somewhere, or like if I could find it, be like, if you don't love that chapter, cool, you can skip the book, but you're going to love that chapter. If you have a reading device, uh, I know that many of the places that sell books and you're going to like read on a Kindle or whatever all the other ones are, will will send you the first chapter. I definitely recommend it. I was hooked the first chapter. I didn't expect what I got out of this cha- this whole thing. Just let me just start with that. Like this was not the book I expected it to be at all in any way based on the title, the cover, what people said about it, reading. I don't I don't I think I read one review because I don't generally like to to taint myself with that. Like I like to just <laughs> Yeah, we do all the spoilers. Things. We don't want spoilers. Come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I don't normally go for that and I read one and I I didn't expect what I got out of this book and the first chapter had me hooked. Like, I think I immediately sent you a voicemail that was just like, hey, I really like this book. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. The the thing that makes me kind of the most disappointed is that I am not a person who is like classically trained in literature or reviewing critique. Like, so I don't I don't feel like I have the appropriate language to discuss what exactly I appreciate about this. You know, I don't have the ways to say, oh, it does these great tropes that do this and this and this. I don't I don't have that language. All I can be is like, I really liked it. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel too. Although I can say that they world build in this book really quickly, really intensely, and really smoothly. Like it doesn't seem like they are forcing a world build on you. 
It just is part of the story that's constantly growing and constantly getting built. It's like when you watch in a movie of a blank canvas and then they holodeck and it like just starts building on, building on, building on, building on. That's what it was like for me. I And, and the first chapter is really intense with that. And I we did really, really enjoy that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So uh, we, we very quickly find out not only is the main character part of a class of people who used to have magic because magic was canceled 11 years ago. <laughs> It was canceled by eradicating all people, but yes. No, no, no. There there was also like the me- the mechanical shutdown of magic, wasn't there as well? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like magic turned off. Yeah, magic did turn off. that opportunity to then yeah. kill all of the people who previously had magic. Yeah, it's like when they tried to kill all the Jedi, but they're still like force sensitive people. But if they couldn't activate their force sensitivity. So if anybody here is a, a Star Wars fan, that's that's what... That's what happened. Which I think should be literally everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, unfortunately, our main character had this really incredibly traumatic and horrific memory of her mother passing away because she didn't have a way to defend herself with her magic. Yeah. Like, and this which... is where the lynch- lynching occurs, by the way. So if, if, if you need a warning, that's where that happens. Her mom gets hung up with a whole bunch of other people. In yeah. fact, everyone who has magic basically gets gets garroted i guess is the best term and then hung up yeah killed and hung up like as a warning for like this is where this is your place this is where you belong like it's horrific yeah i cannot think of another way to describe it and then anyone who after that who has the potential to have magic gets basically treated like gutter class essentially and you can tell who they are because they all have white hair yeah it's uh it's a little bit like harry potter there's kind of like that age indicator of here's when like your magic is really starting to peak and we need to start teaching you yeah i think at 13 is when it kind of comes into play for these guys so what they do is they don't kill the kids they say anybody who has tasted magic and the power of being able to control magic will not settle for this new life without magic and they they fear rebellion yeah so that's the idea behind why they the king of this land decided to go ahead and kill all of the adults but with the kids because it's like well kids don't have anything they have not tasted magic they do not know of its shenanigan and then they shut off the power source so the kids weren't going to get magic so they i mean it does show a level of like compassion in some way that they didn't didn't just wipe out anyone who could possibly have that gene they only took out the people that they thought would be completely problematic. Unfortunately, that was the parents of all these kids. Yeah, so which means it, you have an entire generation of people who are pissed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Or who are orphans or with single parents or whatever. And and it's, you know, it's problematic in its own way, but it does show a level of compassion. Like, we don't actually need to kill these children, so we're not going to. I, I There is part of me that really wonders why. Like, we will meet the king and his character yeah. a little bit later on in the story, and he does not seem like the type to spare the kids. Yeah. He 100% seems like the type to say, no, yeah, magic's dangerous. We need to kill every single one who, who bears the white hair. Yeah. Like, I'm kind of surprised. They don't actually explain why not the kids. Yeah. By the way, uh, this is sort of irrelevant, but it is sort of relevant to the storyline that this is definitely a book that takes place in some sort of... Uh, far off like m- magical land but it it is definitely african inspired and and the Af- the author is in fact black so it is something that comes into play in this story because all these people have the white hair and they talk about the level of curl that 
comes into their hair at points in the story, in, especially into the people with the, the white hair. Like you hear a lot about their hair. Yeah. Um, similar to Rage of Dragons, this is not a European-based fantasy land. This is a uh, African-based. And ah, it's so good. I don't... <laughs> I don't. It's so good. It's better than European fantasy. Just like hands down, I'm like ready to almost exclusively listen to African-based fantasy. I wish I could get some South American-based fantasy. I wonder how that is. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to listen to more fantasy-based stories from throughout the world because I feel like yeah. so much of it we have either uh, urban-based fantasy, which is usually U.S. Yeah, occasionally sure. or London, like, London, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or if it's not the U.S. or London, it's somewhere in Europe. Yeah, it's so cool to read the the idea of magic and how it integrates with different cultures throughout the world. I uh, I want more of it. I'm yeah. so good. I want to listen to it from like everywhere. Like, I, can you imagine the Asian magic stories? Like, they're probably off the chain because they they have a completely different system, essentially. I mean, yes and no, but like, yeah. Uh, and then something maybe from like Aboriginal Australia or New Zealand, even oh would be God. really cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want it. <laughs> like Pacific Islander fantasy would be really cool. Like, I just, everywhere would be really awesome. So I'm I'm looking, we've, we're integrating that into our content a lot more. So I'm looking forward to to finding more of these kind of authors. If you do have uh, authors of, of color that are from these different places and write books about, you know, very wide, wide ranging fantasy, please let me know. Yeah, for sure. I'm so looking forward to the next 10, 20, 50, I don't know how old I'll be years of literature that comes out because I feel like what gets published is broadening out and I'm yeah. I'm just so excited for it. Yeah, I think the events of last year have like really opened people's eyes to like, hey, <laughs> there are more perspectives. Let's listen to those. So that's great. So our our main character who was kind of learning how to fight and we get all these scenes with her and her little her little village. Her dad's a fisherman. She he has an incident, unfortunately. Like he's he's clearly not not happy. He's really, really not doing well after the wife the passing away of his wife that we mentioned kind of earlier on. Yeah. So he he's not doing well and his two kids, our main character and her brother, are doing their best to just take care of everything. Take care yeah. of the family, keep money coming in through the fishing selling the fish they end up going to like the big capital city uh lagos to sell the super fancy rare fish mm -hmm. they caught a, a good sized one and it's like a like a delicacy yeah so they go to somewhere where they can get a little bit more money <laughs> for it right and there they meet a, a princess mm -hmm. like yep. this this feels like such a like a disney story and yeah, I mean in a sure. good way. I don't know. In a way I really love. I was getting Aladdin vibes out of that because I was like, one jump ahead of the bread line. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Lagos is the capital of Nigeria. Oh, 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 cool. Wait. Nope. Nope, it's not. It is the most populous city in Nigeria. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I admit, uh, my geography for anywhere that is not within 10 miles of me is real not great. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so so it is based on I mean I think the author is Nigerian so that makes mm -hmm. sense yeah so they they attempt to sell the very rare fish she gets a heckin lot of money for it well hang on they have a bet this this like introduces you to them as and their relationship is he's annoyed with her already because she spends all of her time in fighting school which is supposed to be sewing 
money making. I don't know. Anyway, so she's fighting. So he's already like annoyed with her and he takes her to the town and she's like, I can get more money than you. And he's like, no, you can't. And she's like, yes, I can. I'll, I'll make you a bet. And she she rolls in there and man, she gets like five times what he thinks she can get is fantastic. Yeah, she finds a person. She he, she convinces him that like the the king will not even eat this well if you if you yeah. buy this fish. Like you will have something no one has. And if you find a noble, uh, so this also tells you that there's a a pretty stringent class system because there's nobles that she's trying to sell this to, and the nobles want to outdo the king already. So you can see that there's a little bit of competition slash descent going on even with the nobles. So uh, yeah, she she convinces them through like basically taunting them to pay more <laughs> yeah so S- smash cut into her running into the princess who has a magic scroll and i, I actually really i love <laughs> i love when books do this they they uh switch perspectives throughout the book right this yeah. isn't unusual a lot of fantasies book fantasy books do this where they will go back and forth between good guys and bad guys or just different characters that will eventually meet later on in the story which is very fun <laughs> like i i really enjoy that but they previously show that this princess character they give her some kind of insight into what her life is like she's a little bit on the kind of reserved shy side she feels she's not everything that her mother and father want her to be yeah they they want her to be all these things and she's like i'm not she has ennui mm-hmm. But her her very best friend in the whole world is one of these magi class people with the white hair. She hears during like a little tea that she's forced to attend that her best friend is called into the king's presence. And she's like, why? That makes zero sense. So she goes to the court and oversees. What's the the visual version of eavesdropping? Overhears? No, that's still eavesdropping. What's, What's the visual version? Oh, uh... Spies. I don't know. I don't <laughs> sure. Know. She she spies. I like. I don't mean to laugh because like this is a this is a rough scene. She watches her friend touch some sort of scroll, like paper magical scroll, and her friend shows powers. That those are like the magical lights that I described when I I picked my drink. She, this princess is just so enamored with the beauty of what she just saw, and then her father has the servant killed. Her best friend. Effectively killed by her dad. Like, yeah. Oh, so rough. So this, th- her name's Amari. And uh, she, that that person who gets killed is is actually what I believe is her nanny. Like, it's it's her, like, personal handmaiden or whatever. Yeah. But they're, they're, like, besties. I mean, everybody works for you if you're a princess, I guess. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and she's really, like, th- this person is, like, literally her only friend. It's not even her best friend. It's her only friend. The only person who is not a guard in the castle who has compassion for Amari and who goes out of her way at personal cost to her in order to make Amari smile and be happy. And like, like she cares about Amari a lot, which is something Amari isn't getting out of anyone else in her family because they are a bunch of men who are military based Uh, They are stereotypical in that they don't show a lot of compassion. They don't care about her as like a feeling human. They just want her to do service and duty to her country. And she's like, but also I have the feels about, you know, stuff. So it's really, really hard on her that, that this is 
just like her life is really hard on her. And then she watches this person get killed and she gets pissed and she snatches that scroll and bolts. And of course, our main characters crash into each other in the middle of the marketplace. Yeah, it is. It is 100 percent Aladdin. (laughs) uh so immediately the princess is like help me help me i need i please i need i need to like get away from these guards that are chasing me and our main character zaley she she figures it out through a bit of <laughs> a bit of mayhem they figure their way out of the capital city with the princess with the scroll with lots of gold because you sold that yeah. fancy fancy fish uh and they try to like run their way back to their little village there's like a Disney level chase sequence that goes on in which there's guards everywhere and they're hopping over walls and like all this kind of stuff. And also Zaylene like never questions Omari. She's just like, oh, crap. Okay. And then they both bolt. Like there's no, there's like a four second decision that happens. And then Amar, or Amari and Zaylene are all in together from then on. Like that's kind of the, at some point there's another level of questioning that happens, but it's like, there's no, wait a minute who are you and why why should i risk myself helping you because all zaley wants to do at this point is leave the the city and get back to her brother to rub it in his face that she won that bet (laughs) they eventually get out they get back to their town eventually she gets out all this information that she is the princess she's not just some random noble she can tell that right away like she's dressed fancy she's wearing jewelry she has a crown oh yeah like Like yeah like a, a headdress once they figure out that she's like princess princess the brother freaks out he's like like, nope they they they're going to come to us they're going to to find us oh my god we haven't even mentioned the magic yeah oh my god the magic magic (laughs) it happens there's actually a ton of magic that goes down so that scroll Mm -hmm. our lovely main character kind of accidentally sort of touches the scroll in this whole guard escape scene and yeah dun 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 starts exhibiting magic powers and also one of the like the captain of the guard who happens to be the crown prince also touches the scroll and dun 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 happens although he doesn't seem to notice the dun 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 he just carries on with his existence yeah i think he doesn't realize well she doesn't realize right away either they kind of feel like a like yeah. a like a jolt of electricity so to speak they yeah. feel something yeah. they're, they're so caught up in the adrenaline of escape versus chase yeah and they they touch each other at some point and then they both go <gasps> and look at each other because they feel the jolts like sort of between them and then it's you said disney and now i can't get them they're like animated in my head from now on. <laughs> like big eyes are happening and they look at each other and their eyes widen and their pupils dilate and then they both look the other way and run so yeah <laughs> uh, this part of me really wants this as a disney movie yeah this would be such a good disney part of me the whole lynching because thing. i've yeah. seen how disney movies treat stories yeah yeah so i feel like this would be simplified to a disrespectful degree but some sort of animated series might be nice actually yeah i could see this being a this show. Would be nice so they I, I believe they end up being pursued by the guards they go back to their home village so guards start kind of infiltrating the the home village obviously our main characters are freaked out because what, what are you gonna do it's worth noting that i think their village might be like a floating sort of like island that there's man-made did you get that out of this i got i got venice vibes where like it's kind of partially on land but it's also partially a lot of like dock structure 
like rafty type situations. Yeah. I didn't yeah. get island per se, but oh, okay. I don't know. I got yeah, I, I definitely got it was like moored to the land somehow, like there was a bridge. Mm. But like I I got be you know how like there are those people who make those I don't know, there's people all over the world that make those their islands that, you know, they're made out of like reeds and stuff, and then they build tons of houses and stuff on them, and you're like, how does that even float? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of got like that, except this town is fairly large. There seems to be a lot of people in this town. And it's it's a fishing village, but it it seems like it's filled out. Like there's a whole bunch of folks there. So so the brother is Enon, and he is the brother of Amari. And he is the captain of like all the guards in, in, in the entire land, I guess. And so he rolls in and his he doesn't know his sister's there at you know until later. And he orders the whole thing burned down so that they can drive drive them out. This is why I think it's a floating situation. It's mm. because they can burn it like I, like it's their gone. buildings might also be primarily wood. So just yeah, the concept true. of like it's easy to burn down a whole village because it's all wooden and yeah. like thatched roofs and things like that where as opposed yeah. to like stone constructed palaces or something. Um yeah, that's that's true. I'm, yeah. But they unfortunately do in fact burn down pretty much the holding village in an yep. attempt to find the the princess so i think the prince actually does know that it's the princess because the father says hey this is a secret and you are the only one that can go go do this mission i thought he didn't know it until he found her headdress when she traded the headdress for all the goods to do the traveling. i don't i don't think so i i feel like the dad said you're the only one that can go on this mission okay High high key advice from Noel: Do not do your web production while you're listening to audio, <laughs> folks. <laughs> I, it. I feel like it's it's easy to to miss or catch certain yeah. things just because they they catch yeah. your attention. But yeah. Anyways, so this is actually kind of where during this whole burning the village sequence, this is where the prince kind of discovers that he has powers of some kind because yeah. he can sort of. Smell her slash see, but in a kind of like ghostly projectiony wafts in the air sort of you know that that intangible sort of way he can sense where this girl that he bumped into earlier in the town is at. The daily she character. smells like she smells like salt water and has a green glow Ooh. in in the general direction of where she is. It's like when you're playing a video game and there's like that like <laughs> Cue for your next glowy <laughs> thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go. You definitely want to go to the glowy thing, right? So this is this is what's happening, and and he can smell her, which I think is the creepiest thing because he's like he smells salt water wherever she is. Yeah, he. But he he thinks he's cursed by her. He thinks that she did something to him. Yeah, yeah, because she had the scroll in her hand when he touched her, and that's when he got his power. So he thinks it came from her. He doesn't understand that there's – he doesn't – I don't think his dad has told him that the scroll is magic. He, I don't think is privy to that information. So he does not know that Amari took a scroll, nor that that scroll is now in the possession of this other person, nor that the scroll is the thing that gives him the powers. Yeah. So when they, when they canceled magic, the gods apparently – have this this series of items that if you if you have them it will awaken your powers long enough for you to be able to like wake magic back up in the world but you get like a 48 hour pass or like a one month pass basically to use magic and and if you don't get magic reinstated by that point all magic is just gone forever i guess they do eventually talk about the whole like 
trying to reinstate magic for the, yeah. the population of magi. Uh, but that's why the scroll gives him the powers and gives gives Zaley the powers is because that scroll, if you t- if you touch it, you get the you get the month pass. Yeah, it, it kind of like it wakes up the magic that is already in you, which is interesting because it means that theoretically the prince already had in his bloodline somewhere. Yeah, you know, some, yeah, some magi, even though he didn't previously have the white hair. Although they do, they do mention that he develops a like white streak in his hair. Yeah, that that was a trip to me because like he gets a streak. Everyone else like t- turns completely white, and I'm like, why does he only have a streak? Well, no. So everybody else was born with white hair, whereas he like does this weird like developing streak yeah, thing, yeah. which is strange. Like, why is he different? Yeah, like, and why is it only a streak? Why is it not his whole head? You yeah. know. Like, that's weird. It Weirdly, like, I kind of wish that he get, like, baby powers. Like, it, yeah, like if yeah. you only get a little tiny streak, you should only get, like, yeah. a little bit of power. Well, I mean, his power is cool in that he's, like, a tracker, but, like, also it kind of sucks. Because, like, there's not a lot you can, like, if you're not tracking anyone, there's nothing you can do with that. Yeah, like, they, they do bring in more of, like, what he can do later on. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like at the beginning, yeah, there all these characters are kind of in this interesting state. We have Zaley and her brother Zane and the Princess Amari all trying to run away. That is yeah. three of our characters' like goals. So again, we're switching perspectives throughout the book. So we we get to see these characters and what they're trying to do, and we also switch back pretty often to the prince who is trying to track them down, which is a very like fun and interesting. It actually reminds me of uh, did you ever watch? God, what's that show? If you guys could see the more face Morgan is making right now, it's fantastic. <laughs> uh, Avatar. Did you ever watch Avatar? I have not watched Avatar yet, but it is on my list. I, I hear it's fantastic. Uh, it reminds me very much of the way that we have the main characters going on doing their mission. And the episodes often will go back to the, quote, bad guy. Yeah. To show him trying to track them down and what his motivations yeah. are. It, it's actually, a, I think, kind of a really comparable comparison. So if you are yeah. someone who enjoyed Avatar The Last Airbender, the show... You, you you might also enjoy this book. <laughs> it has a very similar feel now that I think about it. I really like this this way of doing things also because it sort of shows you that like the bad guy is the hero of his own story. Like it gives you their motivations and his motivations aren't actually completely unreasonable. I mean, they are completely unreasonable guys, but like to him, they are not completely unreasonable, right? Like he thinks he's doing right by his country. He's doing what, I mean... I wonder if this is how soldiers feel. Um, so this is, yeah, like you're, you're doing what he's doing what he's told, but he's, he has more information than almost everybody else. And he's doing it because he thinks he's protecting his kingdom and he's getting his sister back. And all he has to do is kill this one girl. Like that's it. Right. I mean, he's sure. Sure. He's going to burn a town down in order to do that. But like he, all he has to do is kill this one girl. So, and also it's important to know that the guards are, not not awesome folks like they are bloodthirsty they will go out of their way to do more harm than necessary they're not compassionate police officers oh no not not at all like the author tries to show that the prince has these moments of of misgiving of like we don't we don't actually need to attack this person or torture this person or whatever right but, yeah. like through some amount of how he was 
raised and having I think there's like another captain of the guard there, uh, an admiral. Yeah. And yeah. having the admiral there with him makes him kind of feel like, oh, she's she's watching me. So I've got to perform to my father's yeah. expectations, so let, you know? So let's talk about that. There's there's two interesting things there. One, admirals have to do with water things. Admirals are <laughs> Navy things. So that's a weird thing to have happen right there. Because like this person is land-based. Uh, generals are land-based. Admirals are ocean-based. Also, it's a she, which I very much enjoy. I did enjoy and that. I did enjoy that they had a, a feminine, like, military commander person. Like, that was cool. Yeah. And she's for sure in charge. Like, there's no question that she is a, a solid leader of that organization. Yeah. Although they, I don't know whether I like this or not. And we'll, maybe we'll get into it more. She, they, they, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I have thoughts. They, very strongly hint if not outright say that the king and her have a romantic relationship yeah yeah and there's a part of me that's like no yeah <laughs> if you're in a position of command you should not be doing things with people under your command well they also kill her off real quick and i'm just like well that was a waste yeah that was a perfectly good bad guy well so first of all she's a bad guy also but then that was a perfectly good bad guy who was had an awesome position of power as a female and she was a very like uh adept yeah. female bad guy and they just like nuked her immediately so i'm just like oh that was dumb but but i like props for putting that in you can't like you know criticize everything nobody's gonna have everything perfect you know yeah i on a side note really like that her name was kaya because my uh bestie has a child and her name is kaya and she never hears her name out there Aww. so i was like oh hey spelled differently but yeah, still. yeah. You gotta take what you can get sometimes yeah. i'm here for all the knolls in the world <laughs> no. <laughs> so unfortunately yeah there's this whole town burning situation happening with the guards from the, the king but meanwhile our main good guy characters are escaping escape they talked to uh, mama agba who was the the trainer for zaley during the beginning and, and principal stoist <laughs> surprise although they, they mentioned and i love this they mentioned that you know oh yeah the last time the guards visited it's still the same dresses it's the same mm -hmm. dresses on the same like fake stands every mm -hmm. time they come and, and they don't notice yeah no progress is actually made because they're not actually working on these, these yeah. items. so it's just the same ones every time it's makes me laugh yeah but she i think that her teacher touches the scroll and she realizes that her teacher is someone who escaped this huge purge, I guess, of all of the Magi. She shaved her head. Yeah. She got a premonition because she's a seer. Yeah. But she touches the scroll. She gets her magic back. It's a vision of them going to this temple. So she's like, you've got to do this. This is what you need to do. They they do eventually make their way to the temple through, you know, after a bunch of trials and tribulations. And I think there's like one dude left does that sound right like one priest in this temple left? yeah there's only one guy and i imagine him as either lawrence fishburne or oh what is that guy's name um he was recently in jingle jangle oh yeah, um, yeah yeah that guy what is his name i i'm sorry i'm terrible at actors names yeah although there's a part of me that anytime i hear like a, a priest monk type character thinks of that person from dr strange yeah. The, the that yeah. one lady. Which I know doesn't okay. match anything else in the story. No. But that doesn't stop me from picturing her somehow in this role. Uh or Forrest Whitaker. 
So I, I think of it as either Lawrence Fishburne or Boris Wilson. Gotcha. That's who is in this temple. And he's wearing like some sort of robe situation that's sort of sort of like um Doctor Strange Doctor Strange's teacher in in that yeah. movie, like with the like four thousand collars. Yeah, exactly. God I God I want to make that robe and God I don't want to make oh. that robe. Can you imagine? <laughs> okay. Anyway, Forrest Whitaker standing there ready to give the info out. They canceled magic, but he still has oh, magic. Because they had the scroll for a while. Oh yeah. So they they mm-hmm. talk about that it's not actually just a scroll. It's actually like three different artifacts. There's like a stone, yeah. a dagger, and a scroll, and they all like interplay with each other as part of this like ritual that they need to do in order to reinstate their connection to the gods, which is how they get magic. So he's kind of here as a character to explain to our our three main characters at the moment. Hey, here's how magic worked. Here's how it originally happened. He gives them like this fancy like show and tell show and tell PowerPoint story. Yeah, I imagine it like you're sitting in the like Indiana Jones scenario with the vines and the temple and it's all crumbling and whatever. And then there's like there's also pictures of of their gods on the walls and um, they have like the magic equivalent of a projector sequence in which he gives the the scenario the like uh, recap, but in a like montage situation about what just yeah. went down. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened in my head when i was listening to this anyway he hands her a dagger and sends her on her way yeah, so our, our characters <laughs> that's what are happens actually given the next uh check marker on their quest so can we talk about the video game level like situation <laughs> in this book how it's like it is it is a video game like you have cut sequences oh, you have this would make such a good video game thing. it would make such a good video i game. want it yeah, it would, it would because you also you also get your next quest at the end of the one that you're at right now, and sometimes your quest ends in tragedy, and sometimes your quest ends in a little bone dagger. Yes, yeah, like forget yeah. the Disney movie. I just want a video game. It yeah, so this is definitely in the jungle, right? Because they talk about her getting yeah. warm again and stuff, and then then he sends her to basically what I think of as like the edge of the jungle slash savanna situation to some other village. That has popped up. Yeah. So full of magi. They go up to this whole other village. It's like a a curious village full of workers. Cause they, they talk about that there's a bunch of magi workers. Not magi as in they have magic. Magic magi as in they have white hair. They yeah, they're they're of the people that had magic. Yeah. Yeah, it's in the desert. And it's it's I think it's called the stocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're they're doing they're not even doing productive work like they're just being worked to death. They're, I think they're like digging holes in the sand. Like it's like actually useless. And they're being used as gladiators essentially for the entertainment of all the people. So there's like a giant gladiator arena. Some of them get pulled out of the stocks every day. They get sent to the gladiator arena and they have to fight to the death. And basically nobody survives. By the way, if you win the gladiator thing, you get a magical. Oh, the priest guy told them that they have to find this magical stone. So yeah, it was the <laughs> scroll, the stone, and the dagger. Yeah, so you get a magical stone, and Zaylee's like, "Hmm, magical stone." So <laughs> the, the obvious ensues, right? They infiltrate this situation. They are a aghast at what is going down with the the like people digging holes for no reason, and then they witness a gladiatorial event and are like holy be jesus and then <laughs> and then they and then zaley just like randomly decides well i guess i guess we gotta fight in the gladiator arena because i gotta get this stone so they do <laughs> like oh, so 
they they do try to like break in and steal it first, but they get caught. Yeah, so they're like, dumb. "Oh, yeah. we were we were just here to 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 announce our intent to fight for the stone." Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> like so, for what it's worth, they don't immediately jump to we've got to fight for it. They're like, "It's literally the same it. day that they decide that, though." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They, they they try to take the stone, but anyways, they end up doing this whole big like gladiatorial battle. They win because they are the main characters. Okay. By the way, everyone there is starved of water. Like they get like three drops a day or whatever. And the the fight that they have to fight is in an armada ship, and they flood the gladiatorial re- arena and put in like thirty ships full of people who fight to the death. And if you are the winner of this competition, you get the stone. The thing is like. Every other one, everybody just dies. And I'm like, how is that possible? Like, someone should win every time, right? Like, there should be at least one guy. Maybe everybody just gets stabbed. I don't know how that works. I Maybe I don't understand swords. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> so she. this is, it's actually important to mention that they win through her magic. So she figures out that she can control the dead. And that is I her power. Always, I think it's always home team versus the, like, random contender. So the idea is that, like, the people who own this arena, who have 10 ships, 30 ships, whatever to to put forth, they're the ones who own everything. And they're like, no, 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 your goal is to beat us. Okay. It's, I don't think the people who are on the home team have to worry about winning because they win every time. Oh, I didn't get that out of this. I got, like, it was everybody fights until somebody wins. Okay, so anyway, so Zaley gets in there and she's got a whole ship full of people who are from the stocks and she says, hey, if we band together and get this and, and beat these guys, then they I'll free you essentially or whatever. And so she wins by use of her powers because she can control the dead. So she just starts pulling up an undead army of, of undead, I guess, to sink the ships essentially of all the bad guys. So that was surprisingly easy. Like... She has to go underwater to do it, and she's down there for a really long time and doesn't die, and that's really weird. And it seems very. This is the one part of this book that like bothers me. So I'm going to give you one of. I I have only had two mess about the whole book, but one of them is like everything seems real easy. Like they will definitely win. So she discovers her powers, figures out how to control them, and like masters hordes of undead really fast. Like super fa- enough to beat thirty other ships um, during this thing. So anyway, she she sinks all the ships, and so that's what happens. So she gets the stone, and then dun 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 dun. Yeah. They have two two out of the three items that they need for this quest. No, they have all three. Oh wait, what? he gave her the 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 guy at the temple gave her the dagger. She has oh, the and now that's she right. Got this. She's like achievement unlocked, quest complete, new quest. Go unlock magic. Yeah, they have to go to like a fancy island that only appears every 100 years in order to unlock this quest. Yeah. But you know, that that's fine. They've got their their items. <laughs> that's fine. To- <laughs> oh, by the way, they have like literally a week to get there and unlock oh, magic. Oh, I forgot about the whole like, timeline. Yeah, there's yeah, like, like a clock ticking down through this entire book. What is it, like a, an eclipse? Or yeah, a- it has to happen at this specific time. That's why I'm saying you get a month pass. Oh, we haven't mentioned the three artifacts, including the scroll, cannot be destroyed. Right. So the king keeps trying. He tried to tear up the, the scroll or burn it or whatever. Yeah. He tried to smash the stone and what have you. 
but it didn't work. Yeah, they're made by the gods. You, you can destroy them. You can just, but you can only destroy them with your magic. That's what they yeah. keep saying. But the problem is the guards and the king don't have magic. Right. By the way, the sunstone amps your power. Like that is its purpose is to give you, it's like a bonus one up of power. So whenever you touch that thing, whatever you think you can't do, you can now do. It's cool. Like, so yeah. So this whole bit, vi- this whole village is like, uh, magi at this point they can all do magic and they've had the scroll i'm like how i want to i want a book about how the scroll made its way all the way to the like through all these people to the king because the king has had it at the beginning but these people have had the scroll since since magic got taken away because they got their magic mm-hmm. back and then so did the guy at the temple so like this scroll's been around it's it's had a journey i think that like the original guards like 11 years ago or whatever, (laughs) when they first destroyed magic, tried to destroy these artifacts because they knew that they were part of magic and part of this whole situation. But they couldn't be destroyed, so the guards attempted to, like, what, did they put it in a chest and bury it in the sea? Something like that? Does that sound right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but eventually it washed ashore, people found it, and the guard that originally was in charge of this whole destroying operation, the king's like, hey, what the fuck? I said, I said to destroy this thing mm-hmm. and the guard's like ah sorry I tried I couldn't I put it I put it in a bottle it didn't go anywhere it was like, yeah. yeah so a bunch of people find it in the meantime right yeah. before it gets back into the the king's control yeah so anyway these people arrive at this village they establish that they are also magic users everybody's a good guy here calm calm the f down except we've got this captain of the guard standing with us somehow who has now had a massive change of heart and he's suddenly on team Zaylee and because she's cute she cute and he's like hitting on her in watery surroundings like they they hook up ish in a pond at one point there's a little mm-hmm. there's a little makeout sesh sort of flirty situation that goes down she's like oh i love you now even though we were enemies 5 minutes ago and and Again, not my favorite part. I was sort of rooting for them, but not rooting for them because I was also like, eh, he changed his mind too quick. And it, we, it turns out I was right. He did change his mind too quick. <laughs> he's a he's a fickle man that that you know. And so yeah, it was not it was not a great situation. Anyway, this whole town decides to have a party because they want to celebrate the fact that like all the artifacts are back together. Zaylee is about to go. To the island, which she totally thinks she can make it. She's got like, I don't know what, like three or four days at this point. She thinks she can mm-hmm. she can do it. And and so everyone's like, woo. And there's like, you know, this is your Matrix style cave dance party that's about to go down. It reminds me of a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Yes. You just <laughs> said that. And yet in my mind, like it took me a moment to connect the words. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This is totally like the Matrix. Like we are, we're going to save Zion. Everything's going to be fine. Cool. Yeah, that's not what happens, actually, because the guards all show up and they decide to F some stuff up and, you know, trash everything. So so the main characters basically book it to and they have to get to this island and get to this temple on this island. So they book it from there. It's a lot of runaway and escape. Yeah, this from is, our, this is um, like The Hobbit. Hobbit. If anyone's read The Hobbit, it's like, sorry, Lord of the Rings. But the, the first book is like a lot of The Hobbits just running away from stuff. It's like that. <laughs> So in their quest to try and get to this mystery island that only appears every like hundred years, Zaylee is captured. Yep. 
She's captured by the king and his crew, and they torture the heck out of her. Yep. And they strip her of her magic somehow. I think we should stop talking about the plot. Like, I think we should let them read it and find out what happens there. Because this last oh. this last sequence is a doozy. It goes on. It it's It's one of the only parts of the book where you're like, oh, wow, I did not see that coming. Like, there is a lot of, is it going to actually go down in this? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah. It is very good. And it makes me excited to read, like, the next book. Because I know there's more. Yeah. I know you always ask, like would you read more if there were more? And I, I'm just going to go ahead and say now, like, hell yeah. Yeah. I want to, <laughs> like, people keep telling me that the second book is like way better even than the first book. And I was like, wow, the first book was really good. And it does end on a cliffhanger situation. So you don't really know when this book ends, what, what happened there. It's just like, okay, and we're done. There is a very thoughtful afterward in this. If you're listening to the audiobook, I don't know if it's in the printed edition from the author about her writing it for her daughter, essentially, so that her daughter can read stories about people who look like her and from their perspective. So I I, I do say, yeah, read read the afterward. It's it's thought provoking for sure. Yeah. And this was this was written, I think, in 2018 or maybe published in 2018. Yeah. yeah. It's more relevant than ever. Yeah. And I it makes me sad that this keeps being relevant. Yeah. For a lot of people who got on the bus this year, they don't understand that this bus has been driving around for quite some time. And this book is proof because this person who was writing the book saw black people getting shot by police officers everywhere she was looking. And decided to write a book because she said that even if it affects one person to like make it better for them, then she's done good service. Right. And, you know, she felt very powerless to do anything about all of this. And this is her attempt to do something to, to show, you know, good people prevailing over the tyranny of power hungry ness. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was, it was a, it's a well worth a read of that afterward for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Oof. Shall we go in? Oh, this, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> this was such a book. It was, you guys, it was this, this was a fantastic book. Like, I'm going to go into the sequence now where we do all the ratings and stuff, but let me just start this out with, like, this book was excellent. It was fun. I think it does have some flaws, but I feel like overall it was very captivating. It was a great book. I really enjoyed it. I cannot wait to read the rest of the series. All right. What is your rating on this one? I think I have to go with a five. Yeah. Like I really struggled to find things that I was like, no, I don't like how they did this. Yeah. They're, uh, we have a yeah. list here that has our loves and our hates and or our loves and our mess. And Morgan had no mess. I had I had two. My my only one that I haven't mentioned is that I think the character development is a little bit patchy in, in the story. Like this the but it's made up by and the reason it is is because it's the world building is insane. Like it's so good that you almost don't need the character building, but our main characters are sort of one dimensionally focused essentially. And that's a shame because they could be built out a lot more and they are built out, but just like the build out of their motivations is still sort of one dimensional. But that's my only complaint about this entire book. I would also give it a five. Like I hands down thought this book was excellent. And it was, like I said, not actually completely different than I expected it to be. And in, a, in the most delightful ways. Do you think it's worth a reread? Oh yeah. 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 Like, I feel like understanding how this world's magic and uh, like class system works before you go into it alone makes it worth an interesting reread because you're going to pick up on a lot more nuance and how characters react with each other that you weren't picking up before. 
Yeah, I would also totally reread this. I think it, it's absolutely worth it and probably a really great reread. You'll catch up on so much stuff. Like this, this book has so much in it and so many details. And I mean, you can hear the Pirates of the Caribbean theme music in the back of it all the time <laughs> that like sometimes you can get like caught up in the adventure story of it. But then it's really interesting to like delve deeper into that kind of stuff. Would you recommend this to a friend? Oh, yeah. I'm not even going to put in my usual caveat of like, yeah. I don't know, well, maybe if they're into like pirate porn, you know, no, no caveats. Yeah. I would just recommend this to anybody and everybody. I really, really freaking enjoyed this. I I don't know that I mentioned this early on, but every time I listened to this book, I would just not stop for like six hours. Yeah, same, same. And, and not realize that so much time had passed. I would just realize, oh, crap, I just moved like 15 chapters. Yeah. <laughs> it was so easy to just want to keep going. Yeah, I read like, I, I kept updating you and you were like, whoa. <laughs> and that doesn't usually happen for me. Like normally I'm like, oh, I'm in chapter 12. Okay, now I'm on 15. And you're like, okay, well, I'll see you in a month. And this time I was like, I'm done. <laughs> Are you ready for a speed round? Let's do it. Okay. Oh, I did have a random question for you that has nothing to do with speed round. Who do you think the real hero of this book was? Oh, that's so hard. So that's that's actually one of the things that I love about this book so much. I love it when a series, book, TV, movie, video game, whatever. I love it when they make it so that every single character is sympathetic. Yeah. You understand why they are doing what they're doing. You totally get that. Yes, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That absolutely makes sense for that to be a thing that you were doing. Even the king with his like, I'm going to destroy all magic users. It's because his entire family prior to uh, the, the two siblings that we meet, they were all massacred. By magic users. Like, yeah, like in like a big raid coup situation. Yeah. Oh, I, I love it when they make everyone a human yeah. with understandable motivations. Yeah. The king, the, so the king had a family before this family and they all got massacred because the magi before magic was canceled um, was, they they were power hungry essentially and they, their magic had sort of like, not run rampant, but like, you know, they, they got it in their heads that they should be in charge. And so, so he has good motivation like personal motivation, at least. I mean, if not, like, you know, that's, of course, horrible to massacre an entire species of people. Or, oh, yeah. No, his moral compass is real off. Yeah. But it's understandable personally why he would be like, no. Yeah. 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 I, I, no. Yeah. All right. We're going to do speed round. Do it. If this book were a fruit, what fruit would it be? Mango? Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. If this book had another title, what title would you give it? Ooh. My mind just went Dresden, so I went Stars and Stones. Um, <laughs> maybe it's like Children of like Blood and, and uh, Bone with Stars and Stones. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? Sure. That's what I'm doing. Okay. If you could have one of the magical like schools of magic, what would you choose? That's tough. They've there's lots of really cool ones that I don't think we really talked about a lot mm -hmm. in our conversations so far. Like there's control over water and fire and life and death and healing and so on. I like the one that they mentioned, although they don't actually have a character do it in this this story. They mention that there's 
like an animal communication class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's now, cool. yes, healing would be super cool. But if I could talk to my puppies, yeah, be like, yeah, hello, I love you. Would you like dinner yet? And they'd be like, yes. They'd always say yes. That's the thing about puppers. They're like, would you like? Yes. It doesn't matter what you're going to say. They want it. Whatever it is. But I can communicate back with them. Be like. Yeah. But it's another hour away. My da- also, could you please stop waking us up at 6.30? <laughs> yeah, my dad used to have this, like, thing where he'd go, do you want me to beat you? Do you want it? And the dogs would be like, okay, yeah, dad. <laughs> and then he would giggle at them and give them treats. <laughs> if you could change anything about this book, what would it be? Oh, my God. I, I don't know that I have a thing. Usually there's something that makes me go, eh, I kind of wish this one thing was a little bit different. I can't think of anything. I would have the Admiral not get killed and not be the mistress of the king. Like, I would have her be in good standing on her own regard without having any connection. Oh, yeah. No, that I can see how that would totally be a thing. Absolutely. I think she'd also be a really good villain for later in the stories. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Three words to describe this book. Ooh vengeance yep <laughs> i want to say magic but we've already discussed that that's a banned word yeah i can't choose that one because literally all of our books have magic in it yeah i know that blood magic isn't that different but like this concept of blood being part of what makes you you yep because they, they do describe that yep and use that a lot so i get blood okay i guess if i but not in the terms of like the squishy white yeah, what what color is blood? Oh my god. Not in terms of the, the red stuff. Guys, just in terms Morgan is not a human, just so you know. She's an alien and <laughs> she does not have red blood. So what's blood? If you're if you if Morgan comes to your door and asks to come in your house, you tell her you need to see the blood first. That's fair. <laughs> and then like supernatural, I'll cope in my arm. Yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have issues with that, but this is not a supernatural podcast. So moving on. Third word. I feel like trust. Oh. There's a lot of very interesting, like, fast-moving gears yep. in this whole story with trusting different characters yep. and why you do, why you don't, and how that happens. And it's, how it gets betrayed. It's really, really interesting. There's a lot of betrayal of trust in this book. Like, yeah. all the way through it, all the way to the end. It's crazy. Alrighty. What book are we reading next? We're going to be reading We Free Men. Not we as in you and I, but as in that, like, small. Oh, I read that as in, like, peeing. Okay, cool. (laughs) What? (laughs) You know, like, I gotta go for a wee. (laughs) Anyways, I'm pretty sure (laughs) that it's small. We, little, little free men by Terry Pratchett. And we're going to have a fancy, fancy, never before guest star. Yep. We're going to have little Miss Constance come on our show because she is our in-house Terry Pratchett expert and she will give us a lesson on Terry Pratchett. I think that we already knew that she was a Terry Pratchett fan. And when she heard that we might be doing the episode, she was super into that. Yeah. And Constance is also a mad podcast nerd. Like she loves a podcast about uh 20% of what Constance and I discuss and we talk to each other almost every night is podcasts. So, I am hyped to hear her have a podcast moment. That'll be fun. <laughs> Already, so here is your homework. I'd like you to go ahead and rate this book on your purchase platform. You can go on to your listening platform and rate this podcast that actually really helps us out get 
viewership to a new audience. And if you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at ladies who genre, all one word. We just told you almost the whole story, (laughs) but we left out the end.